Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. I have a guest that I'm so excited to chat with today because before we started rolling, we couldn't even stop talking. We were like, okay, we're best <laughs> friends now. The conversation is rolling. We just need to press. We just need to press play real quick. <laughs> so I have Nick Thompson here, who you probably recognize from season two of Love is Blind, but, 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 but I don't want to gossip today. This is like a big priority of mine that I hope you appreciate, Nick. I don't want any more gossip in your life. I want to talk realistically about social media being a social place and diving into (laughs) what it's like to be an overnight celebrity, the authenticity involved, and how you've really managed that. So before we dive into it, you know we have to do, and if you like it, like it. Um, Nick, what are you liking online right now? I've been spending a lot more time online lately. And one of the things that I've noticed that is hilarious to me is the way people are sort of trolling algorithms on Instagram. I think it's it's funny when you see a reel that's like, oh, you know, here's a picture of me, but as a reel, stick that in your <laughs> algorithm. Like, I right. think that is so funny. And that, you know, that's my personality a little bit. I actually think it's like a millennial thing where we're, we're aware of like algorithms and we're oh, aware- yeah, yeah, of what's fed and, to and us. Too hyper aware. So hyper aware. Yeah, like too, we want to yeah, please right. it, but also we want to like slap it to the man a little bit. Like that's the epitome of millennials. T- <laughs> totally, it's exactly what I meant by that. It's exactly <laughs> what I meant. Like we're like, okay, we get it. We know that you listen to us, you advertise to us. We know you have algorithms to feed us the stuff that we want to consume, and we we like we like it a little bit, but we know what you're doing, and right. we want to. Take it to the man a little bit, right? And I think that's I'm smarter than this, (laughs) right? Right. And then it makes you wonder. So, okay, we're we're breaking the algorithm on reels and in the most minuscule way by posting things, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) Like a photo, which by the time that went viral, that was probably already like deprioritized in the algorithm because they caught on. But it just gives us that little bit of satisfaction, like we're doing something. This reel is actually probably going to do. Trash, like it's gonna have trash views. Yes, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Here, look at my seven second picture. <laughs> well, you know the other thing I've I've noticed too, and this is on the same lines, the trend. But like, I have found myself taking advantage of like easy reels. Mm. So I have um, my dog has. I think I told you this earlier. My dog has almost five thousand Instagram followers. He he He's has a, a couple here. He is. He is. It even says it on his profile that he was the star of Love is Blind season two. <laughs> and, um, he, you know, it's funny because I feel like with him, the best stuff I produce for him is that that content that's almost like five seconds. It's a little trolling. It's a little, yeah. it's a little like tongue in cheek in a sense. And those are the ones that, that like, you know, gather him a hundred followers with, within an hour. And I think that's, um, you know, that's something that it's funny because we, we get it, we laugh at it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there, there's easy content to be had. And I'm a big fan of like easy content. 
Do less club. As, you know, I'm yeah, all about as long it. As, it makes, <laughs> as long as it makes sense for you, I think it's, <laughs> right. it's perfect. Has to be on brand. But if we can, yeah, if we can just do less, if we can spend less time overthinking, less time, you know, focusing on the little things and more time focusing on living your life. It's kind totally of, agree. That's like my really deep motto. <laughs> No, I like that. And here, here's the the big thing that I've been honing in on lately about authenticity, which I know you want to talk about and we want to talk about. But if you're authentically yourself online and you put who you are and your core values and your core pillars or whatever you want to call them, then content becomes a heck of a lot easier. There's oh, still going to be editing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll just be sitting somewhere doing something, walking somewhere, and I'll just be like, you know, this is what I'm thinking right now. I'm going to share this as mm. a story. And I all, when those are the ones where I get comments and DMs and yes. likes. Meaningful and, interaction. Yeah, meaningful interaction. And it's because I am just posting what I'm doing, posting what I'm thinking, and everybody's been there. Yeah. I, I think this is so interesting. Well, okay. If you like it, like it. I'm not even going to stop us <laughs> with that segment. <laughs> We're just going to roll right into this. Um, I was actually talking to a previous guest, Kristen, about this. And she was like, you're just so good at posting random stuff on your story. Like you're queen of that. And I was like, it's funny that you say that because I just think that I have no, I have no filter. Like that's why I am mm-hmm. able to just put random stuff on my story because I'm like, mm, I'm thinking it. Let's share it with all of my people, like let's share it with all of my friends. And I was Mm -hmm. talking to a client yesterday about the same thing. And she was like, I just don't, I can't make that connection. I'm struggling to make the connection between I'm thinking it. So I'm having this wonderful conversation. This is something someone needs to hear. I'm having that one-on-one interaction that's moving mountains for my clients, but I don't know how to bring it to light online. Well, I think I... You actually helped me a lot with that when we first connected and you you kind of helped me figure out like, here's how you need to think about it. Yeah. And part of that was like, don't think about it so much. Literally don't think and, about it. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, exactly. I have I have some perfectionist tendencies myself. And, you know, I, I was um, when I was younger, I wanted to be a filmmaker. So I made movies in my teens and 20s. No and so I have this. Yeah, it's a little uh, a fun fact, I guess. You'll never find them <laughs> online. I've hidden them all. Good. Because um, <laughs> now you can shoot 10 times better quality on your phone than I did right. on cameras that put me in like credit card debt at 18. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so I have that tendency to be like, I need this to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I need, you know, I need this, this reel. Well, last night it took me an hour. I was like, oh, I'll be able to throw this reel together while I'm walking the dog. Well, guess what? I walked the dog. I got home. I sat down for an hour. <laughs> I sat down on the couch with it for an hour. Yes. And I'm like, it's not lining up perfectly. It's not like this is the timing isn't right. And oh my God, the music doesn't matter. And the reality is, is like, do the best you can and get it out. Like no one's going to look at it and be like, the text is a little misaligned from this line to this line. <laughs> Like it's just not going to happen, right? And never heard I think anything like, more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's I'm dropping it later today or maybe tomorrow. I don't know, but it's um. <laughs> we can't. We can't wait. I can't look at it anymore. <laughs> I sent it. I sent it to my my friend who um her dog has like thirty thousand plus uh-huh. um followers, and she she's done it all like by making reels and giving a personality on. It. And I'm like, 
does this look okay? And she's like, oh yeah, it looks great. It's your best one yet. And I'm like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> like the, the boxes of text don't line up. It's, it's awful, but. So let's, let's pivot. Let's talk about your story a little bit more. I want to hear about your immediate reaction. What happened after the show went live with social media? Yeah, so there was there's like three state four stages now of this that I would say are right because you have after the to offer. look at right, and then you have season three, which Ugh. makes and I didn't watch season three. I I don't really watch reality TV, believe it or not, and so it was. Um, you you get to this day, and I remember like we went out to dinner the night before they announced the cast, and the next day, all of a sudden, you 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 get this press kit, and by the way, if you go to my social media before February of, of this year, 2022, mm-hmm. you go to my social media, like it's pictures of my dog. It was his <laughs> account before it was my account. And even though the way I ended up on social media was my friend's daughter was like, you need to be on Instagram like 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the heck's Instagram? Like, I just You're didn't, it wasn't my- Get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right. From Love Gen Z. Right. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, so I, I didn't get on. And then all of a sudden you get this press kit and there's like, you, there's this photo shoot you do like your second day of, of filming in the pods. Mm. And I'm, lo- first of all, I look at it. I'm like, I don't even look like that anymore. <laughs> second of all, second of all, it's like you go and you, you wake up cause they announce it at like 8am. Maybe I forget the time. And then all of a sudden I go from, I remember this, 348 followers on Instagram to over 7,000 by the time I got out of bed. I hadn't posted anything. Yeah. And to be fair, not a morning person. So it's probably like 9, 930 when I got out of bed. (laughs) But it was, um, I looked and I was like, you know, holy, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, go ahead. 7,000, holy shit, (laughs) 7,000 followers? Yeah. Me? I don't even right. post anything. And then that's stage one. So there's 30 people that go in, 15 men, 15 women that go into mm-hmm. the pods. And then the show airs. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I probably hit like maybe 10,000 in the, the week or two from announcing the cast to to going um, to, to the show airing. And so then the show airs. And mm-hmm. based on where I landed in the show and, and the editing of, right. of my relationship, episode one, boom you know, this couple's going to be on the show. So then you go from 10,000 followers to, I I don't remember the exact number, but like it was 80-ish. Yeah. Yeah. 80,000 from the first three episodes airing. And so that's like stage two is like, whoa. So what were your DMs like? Like, were you getting communication? Were you posting during this time? Were you, were you paralyzed? So what, that, what, what was yes, I was, <laughs> I was paralyzed and I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm naive. Like I <laughs> casually, I didn't, again, I don't engage with reality TV. So like I uh-huh. watched this show after I got recruited to go on it. I didn't apply. Like they <laughs> recruited me on LinkedIn of all places. And so then, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I have 10,000 followers. And then I have a friend, Shannon, who does, um, social media, on, uh, as a consultant for small businesses. Yeah. And she's like, you need to post all day, every day. Like, people <laughs> want to know what you're doing. They want to like, you need to do, you need to do reels telling me all of the stuff. And it was so 
overwhelming because I'm like, I'm a private person. Right. And then, you know, people are like, you're not private anymore. You went on a reality TV show. So like, wake up. And so, you, you couldn't do things with Danielle, could you? That's what I was just about to say. So yeah. we could not be seen together. We could not post fo- the whole time. Like we posted stories together because, you know, beforehand, because you could and they'd go away. We couldn't post anything um, wow. at all. And then there's this this freeze for like three weeks where and we had just had we ju- we had just started like kind of living together. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it was eight oh months after. So. It was intense. So it's like, okay, well, we can't go out to dinner anymore. We can't go uh-huh. out to a bar. We can't go. And we always prioritized going out on dates. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can't do any of that. And then there's this mm-hmm. pressure to post. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, we're in this. The show's come out. It came out over three weeks, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. where we couldn't be seen together. And we had to act as if we were in that moment of where mm-hmm. the show was. Mm-hmm. So. For example, if I wanted to post something, I could post like us in Mexico, but mm-hmm. I couldn't. And I'm, but that's like a year. It's like almost a year ago. It's like eight, <laughs> nine months ago at this point. So what I what I did in my ignorant self is I just started posting stuff from the last year that I did with my friends. And so it was like, oh, my friends and I went to tailgate at the Bears game and right. you know, obviously, you know, stuff like that. And but it's hard because, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. And so. But there's this other weird thing, and I didn't worry about this as much, but I, I would imagine other people did. Who are you on the show versus who are you in real life? That's what I was just about to ask is, did you have any like measures that pushed against perception where you watch the show and you're like, oh, I'm being perceived as this way. How do I reciprocate this and make people feel a different way? So that's a really good question. And here, here's the thing that happened. There were, everyone was like, I'm worried about my edit. My edit's going to be bad. My edit's going to mm-hmm. be bad. And I never worried about that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, and I, I said this, I thought this was what was going to get me not on the show, like not make the final mm-hmm. cast, is I said directly to my producer um, who was working with me before the show to like prep me and all of that stuff. And I said, listen, like, just so you know, like, I know how this works. I'm very like mentally strong. You are not going to manipulate me. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do anything I don't want to do. I'm not going to say anything I don't want to say. And I feel like I need to, to tell you that because if that's not what you're looking for, like I'm not the right person. Mm-hmm. And just like a job or a relationship or a friendship, like you need to interview that person to make sure you're a good fit for them and right. interview, loose, use that term loosely, sure. and that they're a good fit for you. So I wanted to be clear. And so when I left the show, I mean, there were things that I was like, you know, as everyone like, man, I wish I said that different, man, I wish I did that different, but sure. I have nothing I'm ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I, and as everyone was worried about their edit and talking about it, heading into, you know, the show and heading into the episode drops, I'm just sitting there I'm like, well, I was myself. So I don't really, I'm not worried about that. What I am, you know, what I am worried about is like whether or not the authenticity shines through. Mm. Or if that like that kind of stuff gets me, you know, cut or mm. some of my best stuff let, left on the cutting room floor. And so there were um, there were two things that were were my vibe um, that that I got so many messages and DMs about. And this is the part that I feel like I wish I could have shown more of because it's so such a part of who I am. But like it was that I make my own toothpaste. People 
love or hate that. I got a lot of lectures from dentists, um, which by the way, yeah, in DMs in real life, my dentist, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. One out of one dentist recommends me as a patient. So deal with it. So yeah, so it was that. And then I had a line where I was like, oh, we were talking about capitalism. And that was another one where people were like, what were you saying about cap- What do you think? And it's funny because like I've had people in the, the, you know, health, holistic health world reach out to me about toothpaste and other, you know, healthy, natural, organic products. My cousin is a uh, holistic nutritionist. So I learn a lot from her. Um, and, um, you know, then I got a lot of like, politics people asking me about capitalism and I got to go on uh breaking points to talk about it because of partially because of that line. And so it's it's really interesting that those are the things that are like so much a part of my daily life but they each got like one line in the show. And to round that out with your initial question, people some people think that I'm a gossip because mm-hmm. I was ask I was asking questions Mm-hmm. And let's pause for a second <laughs> because it's funny that you would say gossip because your whole thing is like talks with <laughs> conversations with Nick Thompson, right? Like you're literally, right. you literally want to be the person that asks questions and like starts conversations. That's exactly it. And I have t- told this story before, I think on my podcast, but I remember like my uncle when I was, I think, 13 or 14, we went to Six Flags, Great America here. My uncle, by the way, who's a, a priest, so he's a Catholic mm-hmm. priest. And we were going in and I just start going right. So it's like a big circle. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa why are you going right? And I'm like, oh, because it's just the way you go. And he's like, no. He's like, when everyone's going right, you wonder why no one's going left. And oh. then you wonder why so many people are following people going right. And I'm going to tell you that that's a, you know, a motto to live by, but also he's like, we're going to go left flags. (laughs) No, I didn't expect that. I was like, let's go on the American Eagle. Like, (laughs) like, "Uh, uncle, let's get to the rides. (laughs) Right. And so he's like, exactly. Well, yeah. Oh God, Goliath. I have a story about that, but (laughs) that thing gave me a concussion. (laughs) concussion. (laughs) Um, So we go left. He's like, the reason why is because everyone's trained to go right. But if you question everything and you go left, you'd be, hey, when everyone's going right, we're going to have shorter lines going left. We'll mm-hmm. get on more rides and then we'll meet them in the back and then we'll come out the right side and we'll have mm-hmm. shorter lines the whole time and we'll get on more rides. And that's just because you questioned why everyone's going right. And like, that's a silly lesson for Six Flags to your point. But right. I think about that and that's kind of what I live my life by. I'm like, if everyone's saying one thing, I want to know why they're saying that. And I want to know like what the opposing or other thoughts are. And so it was, yeah, it was like, it was a good life lesson. I appreciate it. But what, what I did, did on the the show was like, I asked people questions because I felt like people were going through the motions Ah. and not taking it, not being like, Hey, you know, you're going to go to the courthouse and sign a marriage certificate. And then you're going to go on, you know, the, to the altar on stage, by the way. And there's going to be a ton of friends and family and you don't know what you're going to say. So if you don't think these things through and you get up there, that minister is going to sign that license if you say yes. And if you say no, like you better know why you're saying no and you better understand what's next. And so you better be able to eloquently say it because if you can't 
eloquently speak out your full process thoughts on TV, mind you, like good mm-hmm. luck. Right. And I felt like that was what people weren't doing. And there was, mm. you know, I'm not going to call anyone a clout chaser, um, but I felt like some people were like going through the motions of being on a show uh, and not going through the motions of finding someone that you're going to spend your life with or mm. at least give it a hell of a shot. And so I would ask them hard questions. And, you know, I didn't really talk to people outside of uh, filming because I had a job like it mm-hmm. was. I worked all day and then filmed right. at night after we were out of the pod. So it was like catching up with them when I would see the whole group. And it would just sometimes be like, you, you haven't thought of that? You mm-hmm. you haven't done that? Like, you know, you're a week away from saying, yes, I'm going to spend my life with you or no, right. I'm not. And you haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. And so the way the editing worked, and again, it's like, I'm, I'm always kind of just like, I don't want to say like dramatic because I, I wouldn't say I'm dramatic, but like my face and actions and words sometimes are very direct. Ah, and so I would- have that problem. <laughs> I know. It's a blessing <laughs> and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so I just would just say it and, or I would be like, this is crazy. Like this is happening. There's things happening off camera that are crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were like, oh, you're, you were talking you know, shit about this or that. And it's like, well, if you knew what I actually knew, because I was asking these people questions, Mm -hmm. you probably would think that I was maybe asking the right questions that Mm. they should have been asking themselves. So I would say that long, long story, but that was kind of where I, that was the part that was kind of like, well, I'm not a gossip. But then at the same time, I'm like, anyone who thinks that, like, I don't really care what they think. I know I'm not like that. And to your point, my whole podcast is about having real conversations and removing stigmas and talking about this stuff. And that's what I do on social too, which is the authenticity. It's like, I, I feel like I'm me, but you saw me on TV. And when someone says that to me, whether I know them or I don't like that is the most, that is the the best compliment you can say. Yeah. I really love that because what you really did was you found these things and maybe you already had them, um, but you have these things that you got labeled as on on TV, whether good or bad, people have their opinions, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But you kind of said, okay, let's build a brand from those. Like that is who I am. This gossip thing, you know what it actually is? You know what that superpower actually is? It's asking questions. So I'm going to start a podcast network. I'm going to start a I'm going to start this podcast where I can have conversations with people that know more than I do. I can start discussions and that's what I want to do. I'm going to take the DIY and the holistic health and I'm going to bring those topics in. I'm going to show you my DIY toothpaste. I'm going to show you all of this mental health stuff. And I think that's what's really so beautiful about your social media as opposed to and, and not to talk shit on the person that decides to post pretty pictures, but you've created a brand, not a persona. Right. And I, I think I appreciate you saying that. And that is, here's the, the reality of it all, is there's pressure every which way mm-hmm. you turn to change. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has so, been so hard for me to do as an individual and I'm 37 and I probably didn't start figuring this out until 30, 31, but I didn't know who I was. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. the things that I did know, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would be very reactive. Mm-hmm. I would be very um, irritable. And these are like family traumas, right? Family traits that you pick up. And it's so interesting because like, I didn't want to be like that. I knew I didn't want to be like that, but I didn't know why I was like that. And so I did a lot of work to figure out who the heck is Nick Thompson. And I even bought a domain online of who is Nick Thompson because (laughs) I was like, you know what? And this was, this was a long time ago. I'm like, you know what? Like, who am I? Like, I have my job and I focus on my career and it's like focus on myself. But what I figured out in the last six, seven years is who I am. Mm -hmm. And then I came up with this term that is not that original, but I say I'm unapologetically myself. And what that means is I'm going to to lead with my values. I'm going to always act with intention and integrity. I'm going to be responsive, not reactive. I'm going to think about how I, how I will feel about what I do tomorrow. If Mm -hmm. it's, if it's something that I'm questioning. And when I, when I get to that core, like my value, my value cores, like my inner, inner core values or whatever you want to call them, like that gives me my guide everywhere. And so every time there was pressure to change, whether it was make up a persona online, make up a, uh, a brand for yourself, post all of these wonderful beautifully shot photos that right. are super artistic. Right. That's not You're me. like I don't like, I've I'm, never done a photo shoot in my life. I take pictures of my dog. <laughs> right, exactly. And I've always been like a behind the camera kind of person, you right. know, with filmmaking and mm-hmm. and even in marketing, like I've I, you I know, step aside that. when mm-hmm. yeah, when the camera comes on. So this was a very interesting thing. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what? Like the things I think, the things I talk about with my friends, the things I do, like make, I make a lot of my own stuff. Like there's a lot of people like that. And if I can help someone, um, you know, with something I've learned about myself or in my experiences, like I want to do that because I get nothing brings me more joy than like helping somebody else. And so why wouldn't I just start sharing these authentic things about myself with the people that are here? And another thing that I, I learned from you and you said, I think you said when we first met, Nick, it doesn't matter if you lose 100,000 followers, which to some people listening is probably like insane. Right. But and of course, you have the, the privilege to do that. And I, I think that's an interesting thing too, because I, I posted something about this last week. I was like, I say this to all of all of our all influence clients. I say, you know, you could lose 30K overnight. You could lose 50K, 100K overnight. It literally wouldn't matter. So why are you so focused on your numbers and not focused on building community or helping that work one person? Because regardless, it will reach the right people. Enough yes. people is a different story than the right people. That's exactly it. And I reframed my thoughts about that. And I noticed trends. Like I, I pay attention to trends. It's like my marketing <laughs> nature. But and when I say trends, I mean trends in my follower count and also social media trends. But like I know that when I post something holistic, I'm going uh-huh. to lose followers. Like Interesting. Net lose. But I'm going to. I mean, there's a whole. I mean, I have a reel out there on an elixir right now that has the dietitian community in shambles. <gasps> um, but, What's in it? You know, and then. It's basically, it's so easy. It's water, apple cider vinegar, lemon, and ginger, which by the way, like you take (laughs) each of those 
products and you show them to a dietitian and they're going to tell you the benefits of each of them. Right. Right. But then I put them in elixir and say it helps you detox your liver and helps mm. your gut health and they freak out. And it's like, well, right. you don't need to detox your liver. It's like, what do you think water does? Water flushes your liver. I'm sorry I said detox instead of flush, but right. it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. And so I lost, I lost a lot of followers since that, but I've gained a lot. And yeah. And so it's so weird because like I noticed those. Yeah. But I think that's so you, that's such a pivotal part of who you are as a person that if you're not putting out something like that, then it's not authentic, right? That's exactly it. And so when I, when I hesitate, and this is, I have imposter syndrome on everything. Mm-hmm. I, in my career, in what I want to do with my life. And even when I meet people, um, I get nervous when they, you know, because it's like, to me, to them, I'm something they saw, someone they saw on TV. And to me, I'm just me. And I'm like, I don't think of myself any differently, but they think of me as different than like a human being in a lot of cases. So like I have imposter syndrome around that. So mm-hmm. when I share some of this stuff, I'm like, am I an authority to speak on this stuff? And the reality is, it's like, these are just my experiences. Mm-hmm. These are just my personal learnings. So losing 3,000, net 3,000 followers was a, a, you know, and this is a week, it's been a week. Like this was like, okay, that doesn't matter because those people aren't your people. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the ones that I gain and it's like holistic doctors, holistic nutritionists. Right. And it's like, those are my people. Right. Those are the people, one, that like I will learn from. Those are the people, too, that will engage with the stuff because I'm learning a lot of it from them. And then number three, like it's a potential podcast guest. There's a potential collaboration there. There's so many ways to enhance engagement. So losing net 3,000 followers, like that's fine because I gained, you know, a thousand that matter. And I think that's the big takeaway. And that's that's the takeaway I share with people that ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I have... Uh, a couple connections that I've made that are like growing their socials substantially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have a little networking group and we talk about like what it's like to grow organically versus overnight and some of like the learnings we each have. And there's so much to learn from, from growing organically. And I'm not talking about that reel that goes viral right. or that TikTok that's that goes overnight. viral. That's overnight. That's overnight. Yeah. And then guess what? They don't care if that's not on brand and that's not the kind of content they're going to get from you consistently. So tell me more. Like what are what are some of the big takeaways from this networking group on growing organically versus overnight? Overnight being viral, celebrity, big, big 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. So we had our first meeting Friday. Um, we, we just put it together. Give, give me yeah. all. <laughs> We put it together and our goal was to introduce ourselves um, because I I put it together with um, uh, a person that was on my podcast and I was on her podcast, uh, Dr. Uh, Elizabeth. Um, she's a, a therapist and has her uh-huh. doctorate in psychology, I believe. But so we put this together because she's grown organically in the last 10 months. So we got in there and, and I invited just two people that I know from social, like I DM. Uh-huh. And so it's this... this the other weird thing is you DM and you see content and then I met them on Zoom last week and they were exactly how I imagined. I love And that. again, that's the authenticity. Mm-hmm. They're not pretending to be something they're not. And right. they were so grateful to like that I invited them to this group and they have so much to contribute. We all have so much to contribute to each other. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that 
can help people like understand like, hey, it's okay to lose these followers. Right. You know, there's so many people that follow me for reality TV. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Those are the ones that have gone away or will go away. And that's okay mm-hmm. because I have a a self policy where like I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the things that matter to me and the things that matter to the community. And on a a side note, one piece of advice that I got from um I have a, a company that uh, produces my podcast mm-hmm. and I talked been talking to the founder a lot the last couple of weeks about where what I want to do. And one of the things he suggested, and this has been life altering, mm-hmm. he's like, you need to start polling your audience. You need to find the ones that engage regularly, mm-hmm. the ones that DM you, the ones that comment, the ones that like, what they comment, if they're engaged or if it's like mm-hmm. an emoji, like the ones right. that are engaged. And he's like, you got to ask him for a 15 or 30 minute phone call mm-hmm. and interview him, talk to him. So the last couple yeah. of weeks, I have been talking to some of my most engaged followers and I've been asking them why, not why, not just why they follow me, but like, what is it about me that makes them like excited to engage? Mm -hmm. And it's all the same. I've interviewed four. I have three more this week. And then I've done some that were more comfortable just DMing. Mm -hmm. So it's all the same and it's your authentic it's your DIY stuff. It's the, it's the sharing, sharing your journey. It's the being vulnerable. It's like, we all know, you know, I remember someone said, um, she said to me, she's like, we all know what you're going through and, and we all see it in everything you do, even if that's not the purpose of it. Mm, yep. And yep. that's because you're authentic and you're just being yourself. And so know that, and how did she, she said this so beautifully. She's like, know that we all have your back. Mm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so that was so, this has been so fulfilling because it helps, first of all, with imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, God, I'm posting this, this reel about boundaries and how important they are over the holidays. And I'm like, do people know this? Do people, mm-hmm. this is stupid. Like, right. and the amount of interactions and messages I get saying, thank you, or how do I do this? Or how do you do this? Or what's a best practice? It's like, those are the things that that matter, right? That's the not just the engagement for the the sake of engagement, but engagement that matters where I'm actually having an impact on someone. And to me, that is that is what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to take my experiences, which you've all seen on reality TV mm-hmm. in a sense, and share what I'm learning from it with the audience. And that's what they want when I ask them. And I don't think you should ever ask what kind of content you want or what do you like you should just find the people that like you and engage with you and believe in you and talk to them because there's one of them there. And then there's 10,000 behind them that feel the same way that maybe don't hit that comment button or maybe don't hit that DM button. Right. And I think this is what's so hard is very often it's a feeling and that you give to people and it's very hard to pull back your own ego and sense of self and like an imposter syndrome and everything questioning Mm -hmm. and see exactly what you give to people, exactly that feeling that you promote. So I, I love that you do that because it just helps put those strategic words into, into your mouth so that you can do it more. And I 
I love that you started doing this because this was a conversation that we had when we first met where you were like, I just don't know what's going to show up on my phone. I don't know what's going to happen today. This was this was around mm-hmm. the time of after the altar, right? Yeah, it was right around that time. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if it was right before. I think it was right after, but yeah. it was, It was at like a tumultuous time and you were like, there's just so much going on. I, I'm taking a mental health day today. I, you know, got this message on my phone, yada, yada. And how do I show up online without gossiping in quotes or like mm-hmm. putting it all out there or seeming like I'm trying to like clap back. And the conversation we started was like, okay, well, you can, you can say the lesson that you're learning. You can be on the journey and still still talk to people about that. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to have a, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, because just seeing the mental processing, I know you're like, but I need a step one, two, three. That's the real, I, the one, two, three is the real I spent so much time on yesterday. So it's funny you say, <laughs> you don't need to do a step one, two, three. It's like, I don't need to do a step one, two, three, yet I did. You can just but show anyway. me the journey. But that's something that I talk to my clients about all the time because I'll have someone come to me and they're like, I just don't know who I am, what I want to be online. And I feel like I am i don't have the credibility to actually speak on it. I'm like, hold up, hold up. There's a whole relatable journey here that people will feel comforted by. You don't necessarily need to give a solution all the time because validation is a form of of love, of of relatability. That's exactly it. And I always say this in and this was a journey for me. Like I I, you know, I I suffer from depression and mm-hmm. I have my whole life and I didn't know what it was until high school. I just thought there was something mm-hmm. wrong with me. Yeah. And so I met, you know, my friend in high school who who named it and it was like, oh, that's oh. what it is. So yeah. I feel like it's – we have to name these things. And that's one of the things yeah. I try to emphasize on my podcast too is like we have to name these things. Mm. When you name them, they become something you can work with. Mm-hmm. If you don't name them, they're ambiguous and they're yeah. out there in the ether and it's just like, what is this? And same thing with who you are on social mm-hmm. should be who you are in real life. Yeah. And so if you do that, like things – things fall into place. You don't have to be something that you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. And it's, you know, is it paying off in follower count? No, but it's paying <laughs> off in the right followers. Right. And that's okay. Right. And I probably have the least amount of followers of any guy from the show. And guess what? That's okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm just being me. And some people yeah. are here for the journey and I want to be there for theirs too. And I think that's going to come back to the community that you foster and listens on the pod and buys from whatever you do next, like people are going to be so much more bought into this as opposed to what they're doing that is on a peripheral level in Mm -hmm. 10 years. I totally, totally agree. How do you, like, what do you recommend to people who come to you and they're like, I don't know who I am online. And my follow-up to that is like, do they have a following or are they trying to build a following or are they trying to grow a following? It's all of the above. I, we all struggle yeah. with this. We all struggle with this. I have a group yeah. program that's going right now and there are people with 400 followers and there are people with 200K followers in this group. And we all sit around this Zoom circle and have this basically group therapy session <laughs> about- well, that, you know, By just, the way, that's what our networking thing ended up being last great. week. I love that. I love that. But 
I mean, the biggest question that I ask people is like, or the biggest thing that I tell people is like, okay, I want you to just brain dump on me, like word vomit all Mm. over me, go ahead. And then we can sift through it because you will say it and you'll say it with more excitement or more love. You'll speak Mm. more passionately. And if you're speaking it out, that that's when we can grasp what you actually want to talk about versus what you're feeling like you should do or the icks involved, the things that you shouldn't be doing because you're having this guttural reaction to, to whatever it is, to doing it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you can't have a negative one feeling thing about that, something you have to do every day. That's exactly right. And whether you do this part time or, and when I say part time, I mean you do it in your free time because you have another job, or whether this content creation is your job, you got to take a look at your followers. And this is another mm-hmm. thing I've started doing. You know, I get some nasty, cruel comments. Oh, let's talk nasty, about cruel it. How do you DMs. how do you handle this? Well, I have a new tactic for the DMs and it is like the most childish thing, but it brings me like a little dopamine hit, I feel like. So when someone says something and there's mean stuff and then there's like cruel stuff. Cruel, yeah. So to say like you're someone's like, I just came on here to DM you and tell you that you're the weirdest person that ever went on a reality show. You're like, good. Cool. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Or, or, um, you know, someone who comes in and, and name calls or, Mm. or says hate speech and listen, Mm. I'm a free speech absolutist, but there's reasons we have laws around hate speech. So if someone says something that's degrading, that's cruel, um, and I catch it, you know, you don't catch them all. I catch it. I, I report them for, for hate speech Yeah, and then I block them. And then I sit there for a half a second and I'm like, they're going to wonder why they have a strike against them. And it's because this is just normal behavior for them. And that's yeah. not in my character. So yeah, let them be them and I'll be me. And I, yeah. I think that's the thing. But like, you know, it ebbs and flows with, with you know, things that are out of my control that, that happen. So I read these and I'm like, you know what? I have 350,000 followers. Or if I had 5,000 followers, there's still 400, 999,000 people following me that right. aren't saying this. Right. And I think that is a mindset switch that can help any creator mm-hmm. because even if you go organically and your your people are there because you are the expert or, or what or the authority on something mm-hmm. like you're still going to get hate you're mm-hmm. still going to get you know creeps you're going to get mean people mm-hmm. and that's not going to go away but you just have to figure out how you're going to ignore it or reframe it so that it's not as bad as it seems Right. And remember, they would nine, 99.9% of the time never say this to your face. Oh, never. Yeah. Never. Oh, yeah. my goodness. No, never. And it's just not about you. I mean, that's a hard like brain to heart connection that we all struggle mm-hmm. with is like, this person has something going on. They, they don't just yeah. speak like this for no reason. Exactly. It's a projection. And I, I feel for, I guess, men, my mental health. One of the most important things that I've ever learned, and it takes a long time, it takes constant practice, is that you cannot control other people. Mm -hmm. You can try, you can waste your energy doing it, but Mm -hmm. if you stop and you think for a second and you respond instead of react, or that can be a no no response too, that is such a freeing thing because then the world Mm -hmm. stops happening to you and it's just happening around you. 
Yes. And that is such a freeing feeling to have. Mm -hmm. And it gets tested. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like there are plenty of times where my (laughs) Yeah. Where my character is tested and and I'm like, this is out of character for me to say what I'm actually wanting to say right now. Stop. Think, Mm -hmm. respond. Right. So a a couple questions on that. Number one, after you had this overnight, overnight social media success. You're seeing the cast. What were some of the biggest like crazy conversations or struggles that you all had around mm-hmm. the social media thing? That's a wow, that's a good question. No one's asked me that. Um, really good question. So I I remember um, as we were nearing the cast announcement in the show, everyone was very worried about their edit, of course. Mm-hmm. But we were all worried about like, and again, I wasn't. And then I, I got worried, but like we were all worried about like, what are people going to say on social mm. media? What are, and as soon as the cast is announced, you get, you look at, you know, Netflix account, these people are all ugly. This person's <laughs> gorgeous. This person's disgusting. Like the most grotesque, bi- I'm like, do you know what show you're engaging with? Right. Love is blind. Like you can't <laughs> see it. So stop talking about people's looks, you know? And so it was like... It was, it was worried about that. And then really everyone seemed to be worried. Some people seem to be worried about when can I quit my job? Ah. Um, Other people were worried about, again, like their edit, but like how people were going to respond on social to it. Mm. I never, you know, I, I worried about it because guys like Joe Rogan are like, I can't read the comments anymore. And that guy Mm. is the biggest podcaster in the world and he's a cage fighter. And he's like, I can't read the comments anymore. And I love that. It's not worth your energy. So yeah, and I I've there used to be this school of thought around social media where it was like you have to respond to every comment because it helps with engagement and read every DM and respond to every DM because the algorithm says that it'll do things for you if you do that. That's the thing is like everyone was so worried about that and with the engagement like to tie it into to you know what I found was the best thing for me to do and maybe this is a little more boundaries what I found, because I was nervous. So that that was, you know, Joe Rogan saying that. I'm like, gee, I thought I was going to be okay. But if he's right. not okay, I'm <laughs> not going to be okay. Um, I'm a sensitive you know, but, human. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again, like when you're your authentic self, if someone cho- in real life, I tell myself, if someone chooses to like me, cool. If they don't, that's okay too. Uh-huh. And I kept taking that myself, but I would see people get like literally – distraught mm-hmm. and heartbroken. And then when oh. it started, it was just even even worse. Mm-hmm. And then one of the the cast, some of us were friends, some of us were not. Just and fact. there was totally like fine. some inf yeah, which and that's the the funny thing is like people assume that we're all like best friends. And it's like, mm, like you actually stuck a bunch ex- of random people in a room. <laughs> right. It's like every classmate too, probably not. <laughs> Exactly. I just think that's the interesting thing about thing about uh, reality TV because I was even listening. I was listening to a podcast after speaking with you about all of your like. There's so much coming at me at all times. Um, mm-hmm. Struggles, and they were talking about Kim Kardashian, and my I my like heart gave a pang for her. I was like, there's like she's not reading her comments. Like there is Mm-mm. so much judgment that we put on all of these people. 
And I think there is yeah. some bleed over into social media too. And this is why people don't share their whole selves or they struggle with boundaries or, you know, people have to go on social media breaks. And this is especially prolific on TikTok because you actually share your whole entire day five times a day. But there's a lot of burnout because because yeah. of the oversharing. That's the that's the line with the boundaries, I think, is the hardest thing to figure out. And I I actually felt like I did really good at it at the beginning, um, mm. personally, by just, but I was, by nature, I was busy. Like I was working. Mm. I was at the time, <laughs> like you're doing interviews, going on podcasts, right. like all this stuff. Um, I was so burnt out that I didn't even post as much. And I look back and I'm like, shoot, like, I wish I would have yeah. capitalized more and shown my, my true self more. But, um, you know, the reality is, is the burnout's real and I take breaks and I've gone back and forth about this where it's like, I, you know, do I say something? Do I not say something? And it's like, the reality is they're not going to know you're gone. Like mm -hmm. people aren't. Yeah. And so then you pop back up and they didn't even notice you were gone. And so I feel and like they're excited people to see you again. To, exactly. They're like, oh, and the algorithm fed me, fed me their content again. Cool. Exactly. And that's, that's perfect because that gives you that break when you need it and you need to take it. And I, I just, I just started on TikTok and I don't, it is like, it is a whole. And to your point, like people just share everything, everything. and it makes you wonder like, is, you know, is that me? And that's not me. So like, that's why I'm like, okay, like, will I be on TikTok when I want to, but and maybe that's not what you want to hear, but like, you know, that I'll be on it when I want to, but like, I'm going to have the boundaries to like, make sure that I'm mentally good. And that means sometimes like I'll post a, a reel and, or, or anything really. And I'll spend the next hour, not just doing this, but for the next hour, 90 minutes, I'll respond to the first people that comment and I'll wow. look every few minutes and I'll you know, if I can and I'll do it and I try to put them, uh, post them at a time when I can do that, mm -hmm. because again, you want engagement and I want to see what people think because I'm putting myself out there. Right. And, and while I don't care about the negatives, like I care about the people that maybe I'm helping or giving an idea to, or stimulating an action. And so at the same time, like I could sit there all day and respond to DMS. And I have found myself where I'm like, I just spent an hour DMing with right. random people. And it's like, that's okay sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? If you're in a, I get good conversations out of people in my right. DMs. And I'm but sure you at love the same that. Time, I'm sure you love having I love the conversations that. because I love the, I love one-on-one. -on -one. I love having conversations Me with too. people. So anyone in my DMs that's like starting a good conversation, I'm like, you can have my whole, whole day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take yeah. it. And that's not that's good. That's awesome. It's awesome to have that, but like, it's not good. So what do you do no. then to stop yourself from getting into those holes? Uh, I'm not the right person to ask. I'm on the wait list for the do less club. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm behind you on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's such a double edged sword, but you know what I try to not think about? I, and again, it comes down to being authentic. Like I, I try to think if this was my friend in a text message, or right. if this was my friend commenting how would I behave? Because that's the real me. Right. And that's how I try to take to social media. And I've actually met friends off of it, like real life friends yes. now off of it. 
So yes. there's benefits to it. I talked to, I talked to, so I don't want to, I'm not going to say her name, but I talked to someone who asked me some questions because she was about to go on a reality show. Oh. And so we formed this friendship uh-huh. and we talked for hours last night on the phone about like just normal stuff as she, she made her decision already. But, um, it was just interesting because it was like, I was able to say like, here's what really happens on these shows. Here's, yeah. you know, here's how this actually goes. And helping someone make that decision is worth my time because it will change your life. And it's not all hundreds of thousands of followers when you go on one of these shows. There's right. so much more that comes with it too that you got to think about. There's a lot of negativity that people put on social media in general. Um, that's mm-hmm. a negative experience, whatever. But I don't actually think it is if you're using it correctly. I, I think that the people that are doing it right have learned so much about themselves. So there's yes. so much self-reflection going on constantly about who you are, like who you want to be known as on the internet and what is actually important to you. And that kind of work that you're doing constantly and frequently is so good, so good for Mm -hmm. your mental health. So, I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to boundaries of all of that, I mean, I, I think there's a couple things that I do. I think I, I don't post on weekends. That's huge for me, but what do you, so on the weekends you don't post, I think that's, that's great. How do you, um, do you turn off notifications? Do you, I deleted the app for a couple of days. Interesting. Yeah. Because I just was like, I wasn't doing anything, but like, I didn't want to do that. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to foster creativity. I started writing, um, you know, some, some stuff and that's very therapeutic and I wanted to focus on that. And so like, what do you do to not look? Because the notifications pop up if you don't shut them off. Yeah, notifications are definitely off. I can't have them on. Also, I... Do you have them off all the time or is that just on the weekends? All the time. Oh. All the time. That is... I have to do that. I'm going to do that. You, as as I'm shocked this. that you haven't yet. Yeah, you need notifications all turned off um, because you need to set your own schedule, not your not the dopamine hit of notifications. I really have muted so many people in the last year or two because I don't need to unfollow them, but I do need to hold tight to my creativity and spend time off my off my phone or just away from my niche. I don't I don't even mm-hmm. want to look at my niche anymore because it it drags me down, it drags me into comparison. I, I want to be in my brain. I have enough going on in there. Yes. But let's stay there. <laughs> I love that. And so what I've been writing the last like week or so is um, it's about building connection with yourself and with others. Um. And one of that's one of the things that I figured out was a lifesaver for me was the muting, mute the stories, mute mm-hmm. the posts. You don't ever have to see them. You don't ever have to unfollow mm-hmm. them. And I wrote this um, on, a, on a piece about boundaries in this connection piece, because this can help your connection with others, with family, with friends. If you're an influencer and you're mm-hmm. following people, like you have to follow people that will inspire you, not people mm-hmm. that will make you question yourself. Yeah. And you, or you can follow again, but mute. You don't yeah. have to see them unless you want to see them then. And that I think is, is a very healthy boundary that can help you with family, friends, and if you're, you know, an influencer trying to figure yourself out. Have your family and friends stood behind the influencer, Nick? Are they your biggest fans or are they 
all in different this, ballparks. So I don't think of myself as an influencer. I, <laughs> I can't even bring myself. And actually, I was talking about this with my new friend last night. And to me, the influencing piece just needs to be explained. Okay. Yeah. So I think some older folks um, are looking at that as not a real job. But then they go and they'll watch TV and they'll watch a commercial and they'll go buy something or mm-hmm. behave based on what an ad tells them mm-hmm. or a billboard or a sign at a store mm-hmm. or a recommendation from a friend of a book or of of something you should go do or a movie you should see or a show you should watch that's content you're getting content recommendations every which way you look okay and whether it's a billboard a sign at a store a commercial or a recommendation from a friend That's all influencing is. You are making a recommendation through content on something, hopefully, that you use and you believe in. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is, content creation isn't easy. Mm -hmm. Like making commercials, not easy. Designing an ad isn't easy. Reading a book or watching a show before recommending it, a little easier than the other things, (laughs) but you know, you still make that effort and you put in that time. And that's all you're doing as, as an influencer is you're building content, um, hopefully towards your authentic self so that you can share something that works for you with your community. Look, building trust with people you don't know on a silly little app, like that's not easy. And you can't belittle that. You're building trust with thousands and thousands of people that you don't know, that have maybe never had a conversation with you. I really hope anyone who listens to this like takes away the fact that you also like you, you just be your authentic self. And mm-hmm. what I'm learning is like sometimes I don't feel like posting. Sometimes yeah. I don't feel like posting a reel. Sometimes I've got, you know, a, a plan. I don't want to do it. And that's OK. You should just go on when you feel like it and mm-hmm. say that. Right. And people will look at you. And they will feel you. Mm-hmm. And that is going to keep them engaged. And that is going to, you know, buy you time to find yourself comfortable again. Just show up as your authentic self or don't show up when that's your authentic self. And that's that's okay. So let's wrap this up, Nick, um, because I feel like we could talk forever. What I want to know is what is your top tip? that you can give our listeners to being authentic online. We've brought up this authenticity thing all we've all episode and I feel like that's so intangible. So give give me give me your tips. So I think the way the way you show up as your authentic self comes from something completely separate from social media. And what I think and what I what I've done in through therapy and my own exercises is I have realized what my core values are or value pillars or whatever you want to call yeah. them. And so the what what you have to do to find your authentic self is go take a step back and figure out, well, what are my values? So for me, my values are be intentional. So when I do something, do I have a reason for doing it? My other one is act with integrity and that, that is hard in this world. And I've been saying this for a long time, like people who have integrity, they don't always get ahead Mm -hmm. or it takes them longer. So like 
that's that's one for me that I think everyone should should adopt. Obviously, integrity, be authentic, all of that. And then the other one is like do the right thing. And I've personally found that if I'm doing the right thing that I truly believe is right, even if it ends up being wrong, it comes from a good place. Mm. And that's the authenticity again. So if you act with intention, you keep your integrity and authenticity and you do the right thing that you truly believe is the right thing, that will translate. So this is where I was saying earlier, like every which way you get kind of like tested, Mm -hmm. but you have to figure out what your core values are because then they translate. So like, for example, if you find out one of yours is being sustainable, like you want everything you do to be sustainable, self-sufficient, like don't go pop something that isn't sustainable. Don't be building content that isn't about, that is the opposite of sustainability. Not to say everyone's nuanced, you can be nuanced, but that I think is the the most important thing is like you have to do the work before you put it into social media to figure out what are your core values mm-hmm. and then make sure that your content aligns with them. And again, not to say there aren't nuances, like mm-hmm. I'm this healthy, holistic hippie who, who, you know, cares a lot about self-care and mental health. And then I will like love to argue and debate with someone about politics. Like mm-hmm. people are nuanced, right? So right. You, you've got to, you, you've got to balance that, but you have to do the work internally to figure out who you are before you show up on social media to a, a huge audience or community. I love that. You're speaking my language and you know that I need to have you back just to chat about this politics thing. <laughs> so Nick, where can we find oh, you on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, you can find my uh, my Instagram is nthompson513 uh, or just search Nick Thompson. I think I'm the first one that shows up now, which is kind of cool. Um, you can find my podcast, Conversations with Nick Thompson, on any podcast platform and YouTube. Um, additionally, we talk about mental health, self-care, uh, occasionally I'll have a news and politics conversation on there. Um, you know, health, wellness, all of that stuff. So if that's of interest to you, I suggest you check out the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. 